just be with us as we're here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may have a seat. We are in a sermon series called Blessed, where we're going through the Beatitudes. Those are sayings of Jesus where he says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Or blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. There's eight of these sayings about who's blessed, how they're blessed, what are, the, what are the results of that blessing. And we're getting close to the end of that as we finish up the summer, but we're actually taking a break today, but we're still going to talk about blessed. And th- to, this morning, we have um, new members joining, and we have children being baptized, and we're going to do it a little bit differently than we normally do. Typically, when we have these kind of services, that's what we start with. After the opening worship, we move into that time where we do those welcome people in and, and bless them. And there's a, there's a kind of a corporate joining in to be part of our church that is in that, but there's also, a, a, the way we do it, there's a personal blessing given to each, per, each one, a, uh, something spoken over them on behalf of the church. And I want to talk today a little bit before we do those about th- these personal blessings and basically try to you know, think about, is this just... Is this just a, oh, that's nice. Well, that makes it a little bit nicer. Or these are, these are, those are good words. I'm glad we say things. Or is there something that actually happens that makes an impact in people's lives when personal blessings are spoken? Does the Bible say something actually happens when we do these things? Or is it just nice? Does it make feel better? So what I want us to do is go all the way back to the beginning, um, the very beginning of the Bible, the very beginning of the world, this is what God talked about. He spoke things into existence. There's this rhythm. He says, let there be something. You know, say, he says something, it comes into being. Let there be light, and there was light. And then, in, as the, the recording of this in the Bible, it starts with, let there be something, and it was so, And then God saw it and said it was good, saw that it was good. And then there was evening and morning on the first day. And the second day, God says, okay, let there be an expanse in in there. Basically, he's creating the sky. He's creating this this separation. He's praising the chasm, and and it was so. It happened. He spoke it. It happened. And he saw it, and it was good, and there was evening and morning on the second day. Morning, evening. I can't remember which order. Because Hebrews day starts when the sun goes down. Anyway, and then we rise again. I'm getting into a second sermon. I can't get into it. I got I to gotta get focused. To so day three, he starts talking about veg- the land. He speaks into existence land and vegetation. And it was so, and he saw it, and it was good. And there was evening and morning on the third day. And then the day fourth, he, he speaks into existence like these lights in the heavenly beings, like sun, moon, stars. He spoke it, it was so, he saw it, it was good, and there was evening and morning on the fourth day. We get to the fifth day, and now he says, okay, he speaks, all right, may may creatures come from the water. And so birds start coming, fish and sea creatures start coming. He spoke it, it was so, and then he saw it, and it was good, and the rhythm we're ready for, num- day number five, he's going to say, and there was evening and morning on the fifth day, but that's not what he says. On the fifth day, he stops, and he blesses 
these creatures, these birds, these fish. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He gives them something different than the rest of creation. Something in, in their ability to multiply, something in the life that they have when he blesses them. Blesses them. And then we get to the day six, and, and after that, and it was evening morning, day five, get to day six, he speaks into existence animals. He speaks into existence um, all kinds of animals, saw that it was good, blesses them. He, he forms, he doesn't just speak, he forms the human out of dust, breathes into it. It's created in his own image, and he doesn't just speak blessing over it like the birds, the fish, the animals. He speaks blessing to it. The human has a unique way. The human has an ability to bless. So the first point I want to make is God from the very beginning, he speaks and he blesses and there's something real that happens. It's, just not, it's not just nice words. It's just, I mean, physical things happen. Substantive things happen. And when he blesses, there's this ability for us to bring on good and life and blessing. It can come from us. He speaks blessing into it. So if we go, we're going to skip that first one. I already said it. So if we can go to Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Now he picks the, oh, I should say this. Everything was good, super good. Next year, I think we might do a sermon series on the creation, just because we need to take a lot of time to say how good everything is when God created. But anyway, it was good, but then when human beings said, you know what, we don't need God, we want to do things on our own, we don't want him to be in charge of us, curse entered in the world. Curse into our work, curse into our relationships, curse into our bodies and pain, all kinds of curses there now. And so you have these things of a God who wants to bless and curse that's existing in the earth. And in the midst of that, Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, God talks to a man named Abram, and he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So here's an example. There is a way in which he blesses, but now he's also given this ability for human beings to bless others, for human beings to speak things and what they speak actually shapes reality. It's not just nice words. In fact, the Bible talks a lot, like Proverbs, it's the book about wisdom, it talks a lot about careless words and how damaging careless words are and that you're an idiot. The fool, we use the word fool, that's the translation is fool, that's super nice cleaned up language compared to how they would understand the Hebrew word for fool. You are an idiot if you have careless words. If you just spew them out. Why? Because they matter. Because it says in your mouth is the power of life and the power of death. It will shape reality. It will impact people. It will impact situations out of what comes out of your mouth. So we have the ability to bless. Now God speaks this blessing to Abram. He says all the nations on the earth are going to be blessed through you. How does that happen? Well, his descendant is going to be Jesus. Comes from his line, born of Mary, a descendant of Abraham, but also from God. He's a God-man. It's a mystery. That's who he is. That's how we're blessed. But also Abram, who becomes Abraham himself, blesses people. He has a son, Isaac. God does the same thing. He, he speaks blessing over Isaac. But when we get to Isaac's sons, Isaac's children, something shifts. God will eventually show up and speak a blessing directly to one of them. But there's a blessing now that can be passed on through Isaac. So Isaac has two sons, Esau and Jacob. And Isaac's favorite is Esau. 
They're twins. His favorite is Esau. Mom's favorite is Jacob. Isaac wants to give the blessing to Esau. Rachel, the wife, wants the blessing to go to Jacob, thinks that God wants the blessing to go to Jacob. Isaac says, I'm going to bless you. He's old. He can't see. He says, I'm going to bless you. Go. He, one thing he loves about him, he's a good hunter. He's a good cook. He brings it all together. He loves the wild game. All right, I'm going to bless you, but I want to do it after I eat one of your great meals. And so he sends him out to hunt. Meanwhile, mom knows how Esau cooks. She probably taught Esau how to cook. So she kills an animal they just have, cooks it up good, puts hair on, on Jacob, tells him how to talk, and he goes in pretending he's Esau so he can get the blessing. So if we go to that, that passage, here's what happens. He eats the meal, and he's happy. Verse, uh, Genesis 1, uh, 27, verse 27. So, so Jacob went into him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes... He blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. So he speaks these things. And what happens is Esau shows up a little bit later and he comes and he says, What happened? And they realize, okay, it was, it was Jacob who came. And so you think he'd be like, well, no, I didn't really mean, I didn't really mean it for Jacob, so I'm going to give the blessing to Esau. But no, something about these words were spoken, and when words are spoken in this way, it's so significant in this passing down, he said, I can't undo it. I can't undo it. This, the blessing's going to him. Now, there's a couple things to notice, because we're going to talk about Jacob. When he goes on to pass on blessing, what does he learn? How does he get better at blessing? What does he learn from this situation and from his life and from God so that what Isaac's blessing, which turned out many good things for Jacob, but was deficient in some ways, what's the difference? Well, one of them is, if you go back to verse 27 again, after he starts it, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. We're going to compare that, how he starts, with the smell of a field, with the smell of the sun, with earthly things. We're going to compare that to how Jacob then blesses. So, that's, that's that blessing. Now, Jacob is old. He is nearly blind. He's got 12 sons, and he, there's later part where he blesses each one of them, but he's going to give this, a special blessing to one of his son's grandsons. Well, to two of them. So there's two, two again. Joseph has two, two of his kids. He has both of them come. He doesn't do one or the other. He comes and blesses both of them at the same time. Not like dad did. And this is what he speaks over to him. Again, he, he can't see either. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they call, be called by my name and the names of my father Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. He starts focused on God. He starts focused on this is who God is, and may they glorify God, and may there be something. There is blessing that's coming from God in Isaac's, but it's very this way focused, where the, the blessing that comes from Jacob is, is just rooted in this is who God is. I want his name, his character to be on you, to be over you. And yes, 
all kinds of earthly blessings as well are loaded into this and are what happens. I mean, at that time, to be able to multiply was a big deal. And they multiplied. So, here's here's the first point I want us to know. When God speaks, real blessing, real things happen, and he gives that ability to human beings. It's not magic. It's not new age manipulation. But it's not meaningless. It's meaningful. It matters. Words matter, and specific settings for blessing matter. So that's one. The second thing, these two guys that can't see but they can see something spiritually and into the destiny of the people. And blessing starts, personal blessing starts when we see. When we see the person. When we see their potential. When we see their good qualities. When we see what God might have for them in the future. It starts with actually seeing and paying attention to a person and a person being seen. But it's not completed until it's expressed. Whether written, whether said, Sometimes the best blessings are ones that are written and said and then left with them. Blessing starts with seeing. It's not complete until it's actually expressed. Okay. So, and it's coming from God. All human beings have the ability to bless. All of us do. We all have the ability to bless. But there's a difference between a, just a natural blessing and a blessing that comes from the throne room of God through one of his people. That has a spiritual power that will impact this life, but it will also be, be leading to the life to come. So there is something much more significant about that. These blessings that I just read about are rooted in the family. A dad, a grandpa says a blessing. We have incredible power to impact our own kids and children and family members. That is where blessing really can land. That is where curses can really keep playing out based on what we say. We have incredible power to impact in a real way with our blessing. Now, one last passage from the Old Testament and then we'll do one passage from the New Testament. Here is what now this family has become a nation. Abraham's descendants had become thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And in charge of their community, the spiritual leaders are the priests. They are Aaron and his sons. And it says in Numbers 6, verse 22, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So there is a blessing that can come from the spiritual leaders of the spiritual community that's significant. And one of the things that I didn't realize about this blessing, which I've said many, many times to to people in personal or in a whole group, is that part of it for them was putting God's name on the people. They They are going with God. God is going with them. God is over them. They are under him. They are part of him. And when we baptize... In, especially in our tradition, a lot of it is thought about as the Old Testament, they circumcised. That's how you were saying, like, I'm part of God's people. This is the sign that says I'm choosing to be part of God's people. But once Jesus came, there was a new way. It's, it's baptism. That's the sign of entry, of saying I am part of God's, God's people. When I'm baptized, I enter in. And so much like the promise for, for them was for them and their children in the Old Testament, in Acts, it says that this promise is for us and our children. Be baptized, the promise is for us and our children. 
And, but the sign is no longer circumcision. It is baptism. And in baptism, we put the name of God. In the, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I baptize you into the name. Something significant happens. It's not magic. Back hundreds of years ago, they, missionaries would go out and they'd, they would just put water and baptize you know, hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of people and say, we had this many converts. They didn't even know the language. That's not how it works. But it is not meaningless. It matters whether we're baptized or not. It matters. Can you still go to heaven and have eternal life and all of that if you're not baptized, but you believe? Yes. But is there a blessing that comes, a significance that comes with declaring your faith, being part of a faith community? Yes. There just is. And we don't recognize it in the, in the human realm, just like we don't recognize that our words matter as much as they do in the human realm. But I'm telling you, the demons do. I'm telling you, the angels do. I'm telling you, God does. I'm telling you, in the spirit realm, there's a reality. We, you know, our bodies are going to go back to dust, but we have something within us. We will continue to exist. And that is what lasts forever. And that is a lot more real than what we can see. And so the blessings that are spoken, they matter. So, I don't know what it was like, 20 years ago, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, I'm this pastor in training, 20-something, and for the first time, I'm asked at Third Church, do the baptisms. You're going to do the baptisms. Well, at Third Church, a lot of times what we'd have, we have three services, and there'd be like what we're going to see today because we only have one service instead of like normally two, just a stage full of people. And we'd have five, six baptisms at, at each service, 10, 12 baptisms, and it just felt a little bit like a cattle line to me. You don't know, next, and you know, next. And so when I went to do it for the first time, I looked up the meaning of each person's name, and I prayed, God, what Bible verse, what blessing do you want to give to this person? And sometimes something would just come to mind, and sometimes even I, yeah, this it just didn't feel right. So I kept doing it until it landed. After the first time doing it, they had me do it, all of them, for the next eight, nine years. I I. I I run into Pelicans and Pelicristian kids all the time. I think, oh, I baptized you. Oh, I baptized you. Because I baptize at least 100, at least. But every single time, it was, what, God, what is the blessing you want to put on them? Besides the blessing, the greatest blessing that comes from the fact that they are in your family now, that they are in your name now, what is a personal blessing for them? Because I think we are cursed all the time. We have generations that are cursed all the time by their coaches, by their teachers, by their parents, by ourselves, at ourselves. We're cursed all the time. But a blessing spoken in the name of Jesus on behalf of the community of faith carries something real and significant to it. And so what I found is over and over again, people would say, I didn't know them a lot of times, people would say, like, you, you don't realize this, but when you said this verse, did you know this? Now, occasionally, there'd be times in the service itself where everybody would be like, well, I guess that's the right one. One time, there were six families, and they're going, and the, the, my bad, my bad, I learned since then, like, you don't have to go in order, but the, the family that was going last, their baby was screaming the whole time, ah, 
was crying and screaming. Next baby, next baby, next baby. We get to it. I have them always written down ahead of time. I go to read it from Psalm something. Cry aloud. <laughs> Shout for joy. We have some people who can see in the spirit. They can sometimes see angels and demons. And they would say the activity around baptisms just heightened. There were more angels around. They would watch an, uh, like an angel shoot an arrow of blessing and just land in. They would watch the, the spirit of a child just open up and just em, like embrace it. You might think I'm crazy. You might think they're cooked. I'm just telling you, after doing this for 15 or 20 years, I am convinced. Not that every single thing is that I say is necessary, but something happens with these blessings. Now, the, well, part of the good news, part of the good news is that regardless of if we got the blessing from our family, regardless of if we have an official position like an elder or something in the church, because of Jesus, we are all part of God's family. And we can give and receive blessing to each other. It's not about a position in the church. It's about our position in Jesus Christ. And we are the royal priesthood, it says in 2 Peter, for the world. We are priests for the world. We can bring a blessing to the world in what we speak, in what we say, and it will matter. Last passage from Galatians. It says... Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Before this, by the way, it says, basically, just being a pretty good person, you're still under a curse. If you're relying on that you're a pretty good person, that you do good things, that you show up at church enough, you're still under a curse. The, the only way to remove the curse is through someone else because none of us is good enough. And then it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, and Jesus died on the cross. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles also, even his non-family members, not that nation, the Jewish nation, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We all can receive the blessing. We all can give the blessing. And so, in a few moments, we're going to start... We're going to do this. We're going to have people that join the church, and I have looked up every name. And I've prayed for every person multiple times this week. And they will get a blessing. And then we're going to baptize children. Today, it's kind of unusual for, for us. We don't have any that are going in the tank. We don't have any that are going down and under and up. But we're going to bless some children. Every single person, one of my heart's goals is that this will be less and less me doing it in the years to come. And we have started that transition, especially happens because I've never baptized someone since I've started working here. Strangely, I did before I started working here. But anyway, we always have other elders, pastors, other people doing those baptisms and speaking blessing. But also, there will be a passage, a Bible passage read for every single person, and they were picked out either by the parent for the child or by the people that did walks through exploring faith, the kind of get to know and, get, and talk, talk about the faith together before you join the church. Someone else picked them out, and I'm going to read them on behalf of the church, and then I'm going to speak a blessing over them that I've prayed for. 
And it comes from all of us. It really comes from God, but the power increases when it comes through all of us. One more thing, what can happen, what can happen is that you could be listening. So I'm going to invite you to be praying, but you could be listening. And there could be some, that passage feels like it's for me. That blessing feels like it's for me. I'll tell you, there is going to be a ton of blessing that comes out here. So much so that it's going to go out. There was a gal who was, her, her daughter was, I don't remember, demon-possessed, sick, something. She came to Jesus, but she wasn't a Jew. She came to Jesus begging him, please, please, heal my daughter, heal my daughter. And he knows that there's prejudice, there's racism among his, his disciples. So he says, well, you're not a Jew. I can't, you know, you can't give the, the kids food to the dogs because that's what they called Gentiles, non-Jewish people, dogs. I'm not going to give the kids food to the dogs. And her response was, but even the scraps can go to the dogs. Like your scraps, Jesus, are enough to heal and set my daughter free. And he says, yeah, your faith has healed you. Even the leftovers of this blessing could land and rest in us. Three action steps before we transition to doing the blessings and baptisms. If you can give me, yes, whether you live somewhere else, go to church somewhere else, would you consider going through the process to join the church and or be baptized and or do profession of faith? I think, again, it's not magical. God's blessing is still be on you and you're part of the church, part of your faith with him. But I think there is blessing to be had by actually coming under the covering of the church. And so if you haven't stood up, if you were just baptized as a baby, or if you ha- haven't stood up and, and professed your faith or renewed your faith, I would encourage you to do that. Number two, look for ways to express blessing to people in writing or spoken or both. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone God just put on your heart. Sometimes it feels a little awkward, a little... And then you do it and you think, why don't I do this more? Because we are starving. We're starving for real, significant blessings. And thirdly, today, we're all part of this. It's going to be long. We don't have two services. We can't split them up. We're just going to go, go through. But we're not rushing through it. You, the blessing is coming from God through all of us as we go. So pray for each person as they're up here. I'm going to pray now, and then we're going to transition. God, I thank you. Thank you for your abundance of blessing. Thank you that it's inexhaustible. You never run out. Your bank accounts never run out. You have more money, more resources than all the assets in all of the world. And you have things that last forever. They're good now, and they last forever. And so we pray that your blessings would be released in us, not only into us today, not only into the people that will be joining the church and be baptized, but also through us. That we could be blessed to be